I've been reading Ryan Hamp from Charles Bukowski, and I've been stuck in a mix between this is so refreshingly different in writing style to all the Russian writers I've been reading recently. Uh-huh. Because he's so, you know, it's like short sentences, punchy, yeah. simple language. Yeah. It's sort of nice. I kind of like it. I also reading him matches at least this early to the impression he as a person has made on me where it's kind of rough, dirty, and, you know, kind of blue so color. It was so for me to see the video. I haven't seen his videos. Oh, so really? when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is magic. I've, I've read pretty, I guess, probably all of his books, like at least three or four times. So, Wow. So, yeah. I've seen at least like seven, eight videos of him, okay. but I've never read a book. Right? Okay. So I had, a, yeah. I had a sense of him as a person. Yeah. And I knew I like him and I knew yeah. I probably will like his books, but I'd never read yeah. one. And so now that I started, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is kind of rough, dirty, blue color. Yeah. But also with of- a beautiful, super fine sensibility, poetic view of life, right? In all yes. the, you know, being in a back alley covered in puke, but still kind of. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's definitely a sensitivity to his roughness, yeah. right? And a, yeah beautiful perception um but it's also again kind of very dark right like i i I don't know where this is going but i don't see a happy place you know uh (laughs) he has humor like he uses humor in it but it is dark dark shit that has happened just one thing after the other that makes you feel bad about humanity in one way or another right? there's really no lightness i'm like wow look at how this is completely opposite in writing style the tempo the style the time period the voice everything is as far away from like the russian existentialist or whatever the fuck you want to call them the the, the dostoevsky's and tolstoy's it was very very different but the darkness is the same. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it does not match my current mood or my environment, right? I mean, like, breeze, <laughs> this beautiful ocean. And I'm uh... reading this and I can't quite enjoy it because I'm like, ah, I like the snappiness of it. That fits my mood. But mm. I, the subject matter is so dark in mm. some ways that I'm like, whoa, this is so heavy. Um, there's one little part in it that's why I wrote to you something about like eating chips. And you're like, what the hell do you want from me, Stella? And I said, I'll tell you later. Mm. It's that part where he becomes friend, where he's like, the school is this outsider. People think he's crazy because he's not talking. He's sort of weird, a weird kid. And he hates all the people in the school and all people in general and has a very difficult home life. And so there's this nerd that sits next to him one day and is like, hey, my name is so-and-so. What's your name? And he thinks he takes a look at the the kid and he thinks this kid is a total nerd and I don't like him. And the kid is like, oh, my name is so-and-so. What's your name? And he's like, Henry. And the kid is continuing. Oh, I have a peanut butter sandwich. Do you also have a sandwich? And he's like, what does this nerd want from me? I don't like him. (laughs) And then he goes, do you want some potato chips? And he looks at the potato chips and he's like, they were crisp and you could see the sunlight through them. They were thin and crisp and salty. And I took a potato chip and there were great potato chips. And then the kid keeps talking to him. You know, he's like, oh, you know, da-da-da, how this that and the other? And, you know, I take another potato chip. And then it's like, uh, the kid is like, hey, uh, should we go home back to school together? 
He's like not answering. He's like, all right, bye. And he, and he leaves and he's like, those were great potato chips, right? He's just like, <laughs> st- 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 <laughs> on that thing. And then when they when they're about when he's about to go to school, all of a sudden that nerd appears next to him and they walk next to each other. And he he sort of he doesn't like him, but he sort of allows it to happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, a couple of moments later, there's a bunch of bullies that were waiting after school to hit up the nerd. And that kind of explains why the nerd wanted a new friend and walking with somebody home. Mm-hmm. And uh they start, you know, grabbing the nerd and punching him and throwing him on the, the ground and like fucking him up. And then they look at him and they're like, oh, you're the friend of the nerd. We're going to hit you too. And they, they kind of intimidate him and they're about to hit him, but they finally don't do it. And so he walks the nerd home and the nerd is, nerd is like bloody nose. All his clothes are fucked up. And he had this like super, you know, high pants, suspenses, like this super, the look that made him get, you know, bullied and, and punched. Mm-hmm. And they get to his, to his home and the kid walks in and he hears his mom going, what? Your clothes are a mess again. Your face is a mess. Why are you doing this every day? I'm telling you today, your clothes have to be perfect. And every day you come here, like you're like some wild animal, blah, blah, blah. And the kid is not answering. And she keeps you know, screaming at him. The kid's not answering. And then she starts hitting him. And she's like hitting the kid. And he can hear the kid, you know, crying. And then at the end, she goes, okay, now go and practice your violin. He's like, and he starts playing the violin. And I don't like how it sounds. <laughs> you know, and I get up and I leave. And then I don't know how he wrote it. He wrote it beautifully and poetically. And he's like, you know, I, I went back on my, I, he played the violin. I didn't like how it sounded. So I started walking home. Those were really good potato chips. You know, and then he goes to the next chapter. You know, that to me was so beautifully, he beautifully described sometimes the both the complexity on the one hand you know this this nerdy kid is a whole life story that is packed in these three pages of who this kid is what burdens this kid carries and what motivated this kid to to feel the need to find a friend and the way he approached you know you know with friendliness then with offering a sandwich then with like offerings like what can i give you to make you like me and stay close to me because I'm afraid and alone. And then on the flip side, the simplicity in which sometimes we choose relationships, right? That Hendrick kid is just like, I don't like this guy. What does this guy want from me? This guy is a nerd. Fuck this guy. But then, oh, potato chips. Hmm, These potato chips are really nice. And that's it. Like on the one hand, it's like, why did you uh, seek out this human connection? It's like, well, I'm lonely, I'm bullied, I'm afraid, I don't know, all this dramatic yeah. stuff. And why did you allow this human connection to happen? Potato chips. You know, I, <laughs> he had really nice potato, I had really yummy potato chips. You know, yeah. I don't, I, there was no other reason. You know, yeah. I like nothing about this kid. Yeah. But, you know, and then the next few days in the story, they still hang out. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's the main connection from Henry's side, mm-hmm. from the main character side, potato chips. You know, yeah. and and this seems comically childlike, but it is definitely something that has happened in all of our lives as adults. Yeah. Sometimes people are people allow other people into their lives 
and you go, this makes no sense, this relationship. Why are you hanging out with this person? This person is an asshole. This person is loud, obnoxious. This person is selfish. This person is this. This person is that. Why, do you, why are you friends with that person? And the answer could be as simple as potato chips. It could just be because he's rich. And I, and I feel like it's really nice to be with, around somebody that's successful. Maybe I'll get successful too. Or it's because he's attractive. He's really pretty. This is a very beautiful man, and I feel really ugly, and it's kind of cool that a beautiful person wants to be my friend. Although I think Or, it's very rare that somebody is that honest and clear even towards themselves oh, yeah. about it, right? Oh, mm. no, yes, There's like yes, stories yes. there, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, you're absolutely right. People don't go, I hate everything about this guy, but potato yeah. chips are nice, yeah. right? This, this requires an honesty <laughs> that maybe only children have, right? <laughs> that is an answer you would get from a child. Why yeah. do you are friends with that kid? Yeah. He has a video game I like. Yeah. You know, this, this is the yeah. kind of answer you would get yeah. from a child. Yeah. But we as adults, we have to come up with some kind of story that mm -hmm. sounds better to us and to others. But yeah. oftentimes it is just that. There's like yeah. one thing and it's not necessarily a quote unquote good, healthy, deep, honest. It's just some little thing that <laughs> hooks us to them. And on the flip side, you know, The unevenness sometimes of relationships, right? Where two people are lovers, friends, co-founders, business partners, whatever, neighbors, and there's a drastic unevenness on why these two people do this together. One person is like, well, you know, I was never loved. I mean, again, they wouldn't say it, but you could, if you knew their life story, it would be easy to extrapolate that, well, they were, you know, And they, you know, never loved by their parents. They had the difficult this, difficult that, and they are lonely and they're seeking relationship. And the only way they know how to find a relationship is because they have financial means to start a business with somebody else and to offer lots of money, right? And that's yeah. going to make them feel connected. And, and for the other person, it's like, the only reason I'm with this person is money. So, but, and, uh, you know, and I don't think about them. I don't care about them. And if it goes, if the connection breaks, It's nothing. It's like a very small relationship versus for the other one, it's kind of a monumental thing. It's very, very important why, they, why they're seeking to be around you. Even if you, um, even if you think about like some woman in, in a really abusive relationship, right? Where they get beaten up and everything, but they also get attention, right? And that's all they want. That's all they want. A lot of attention. Yeah. <laughs> they, get, they get real significance, right? Because yeah. they're not being ignored. The person... Yeah feels yeah. very strongly towards them, even if yeah. it's something that's really, really bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, every victim and abuser relationship, not to downplay it, but it's always a dance of two people. It's, it's a always bilateral seek, deal. Seek, yeah, yeah, it's seek and find. You yeah. know, like the, the, the people choose to find sometimes people that will treat them badly or choose to find people that they will easily be able to mistreat. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a co cooperative effort. It's not a singular effort. Mm -hmm. But I just loved, now I can't like this, to me, potato chips now sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this is stuck. Now in my mind, I, I look at people so, and I go, oh, see, oh potato that's chips. his potato chip. Yeah. Uh, th yeah. This is it. This is the potato yeah. chip. This yeah. is why I like this person. This is why I allow yeah. this person into my life and into yeah. all these situations. Potato yeah. chips. Um, <laughs> but I, I wonder if... There's a lot of potato chips in our lives that we then transform through the power of narration into 
I saw that he needed a friend and I related that he also had a difficult home life. And I think what connected us was that being lonely in school. And so I thought I'd be his friend. And it's usually narration that is self-soothing and self-serving, right? It's like some version that is not as trivial and kind of, I don't know. I mean, you could, you could judge one for saying the reason I'm hanging out with this guy is because he offers me salty potato chips. That doesn't seem honorable. It doesn't seem admirable, right? So we twist things around in ways that still make sense to us, right? We could easily convince ourselves, yeah, I was lonely and he was, and maybe we were both lonely and that's why we became friends. That kind of makes sense, that version of reality. And that would make sense to everybody else. And it kind of sounds sweet and nice and good versus the, I didn't pay attention to what he was telling me, but he was offering me, you know, chocolate. And so... I was hanging out with him because I liked the chocolate that he was having. That, you know, that if you tell this to somebody as an adult, it's almost impossible that you would not get criticized for this in one way or another. It's also kind of where you set the standard, right? Like, I think Mm. in friendships, if that's the standard you set, it's probably not not a very happy personal life. Now, in work, I actually think this is probably the much more common scenario where, you know, you work for whatever company, they give you the paycheck, they give you this, they give you and everything. And it's like, yep, that's the potato chip, even though you don't give a fuck about this company that's whatever you're in there, you know, fulfillment department. And all you do is like put in the numbers here to there. And it's like, it's a... Yeah, there's nothing in it other than that potato chip. Yeah, there, there are areas in life that are more transactional than others. Yeah. And the more transactional the relationship, the more obvious it is if it's clean or not, and the easier it breaks apart when it's not working. You know, if I walk, if I walk into a grocery store, I give you two bucks, I pick up whatever, and I leave. It's very transactional. Like, I obviously just want the gum. I didn't walk into your store because I care about you, your life, the employees of your company, your future, your struggles. I just want the gum. Which is also which is also fine, right? Like in this case, yeah. whatever. I, but but yeah. to me, there's still like when you're working for a company, you're basically giving a third of your lifetime, right? As long as you're employed to that company. And then if it's if all it is is that paycheck, right? but you hate the job or you really don't give a fuck about anything there. That's, that's tougher than walking into a store where you don't give a fuck. Of course. It's not just tougher. That's sad. Yeah. Because you could do like there's let's say work. There is, let's say family. And then let's say to simplify, you know, friends and whatever. There are people that in all three areas are potato chip focused, right? They work somewhere where they think they'll have optimal transactional value they can abstract or something that's very precious that everybody will admire them for. They hang out only with, they only have friends that will make them feel a certain way. Like this, sometimes there's a, there there is a um, celebrity bar close by at this Airbnb And when you go last night, uh, we went to dinner there and there was a huge table of like 35 people. And there was clearly that was one celebrity 
and then there were 35 people that were the, you know, the not the entourage, but kind of the the swarm the around, the, the, like yeah, parasites around. around a whale. And you could, with the women in that group, you could easily make an interpretation that would say, here's somebody that's not very attractive, that's not very young, but that seems to be powerful and well-known. And here seems to be, you know, 15 women that are very young and incredibly attractive, right? Hi, get, I, I wonder what they have in common to be such good friends and breaking bread and having dinner together. And it's clear there that it's, a, it's very transactional, right? Like I want to be the rich dudes want to be with as, pretty, as many pretty women as possible. And that's their, those are their friends. They go on vacations. They invite all these. They invite beautiful looking people to hang out, to go on travels, to be their friends because they seek beauty as a thing that would make them feel good. And these beautiful people, they don't have wealth. So they are like friends that try to seek friendship with wealth because they want to have wealth, experience wealth in their life. So it's very potato chip transactional. Although they are playing the theater of we are friends. Oh my God, I love him. Oh my God, she's amazing. We're such good friends. But there is not think much someone. depth to that <laughs> friendship. You know, the, the nobody's really listening to anybody and each one is grabbing into each other's potato chip bag and is picking up the yummy potato chip. And at the end of any interaction, they both reminisce. Those were good potato chips, right? They, they, they're not yep. reminiscing. Wow, I yeah. love Frank. Yeah. Right? I like being around yeah. Timmy. It's like, yeah. I like the potato chips. Yeah. And you could do that in, in your kind of friend circle. And some people do that with their family, right? Either by rejecting that family or by being in a closer relationship with one person in the family because of something, something they're getting from that person. Maybe it's, you know, the mom that is, you know, drastically affectionate. And so whenever I go, she's like, she's doing everything for me. She's cooking for me. She's cleaning for me. And so I have a very close relationship with my mother, but it's not a close relationship. You don't know shit about your mom. You never, you're never interested in her on how she's really doing. What you're interested in is the potato chips she's offering you, right? You're just there to get something. Hmm. Um, and in work, in work, it's probably mostly the case, right? There's people that do this in all areas of life. There's people that do this in two out of three. And there's people that only do this in one. And if it's only in one, it's most likely in the work one, right? Because that seems to people, because it's a more transactional place of life, category of life. People go, well, why are you working in this big, whatever, you know, accounting firm? And they're like, well, you know, it's a big name and uh, lots of people want this job. And my parents would be really, are really happy that I work there. And, you know, if I work 15 years really hard, I could make partner. And if you listen to this, those are all potato chip, potato chip, potato chip. Those are not good reasons. Other yeah. people will like it. Other people approve of it. Other yeah. people desire it. Those are not good reasons for yeah. you to do something. Yeah. I love it. Like I've, I, I, there's still a lot of book left to read, but this will never leave me. Mm -hmm. This little interaction between two children, two outsiders in the school that lasted four pages, still working in the back of my mind. I'm like potato yeah. chips. Yeah, yeah, this is it. It's so simple sometimes. It's just 
I just like the salty potato chips you're offering me. I don't know. Also, if it's if it's the same book or not, there's also like one one story where he describes how he's sitting at the table with his parents, and then the father is talking, and then he's eating and he's chewing, and he's like the sound of the chewing is getting so, <laughs> so obnoxious and he hates ages so and he sees in it like a representation of almost everything that's wrong. Uh, it is the same book. Okay. This, it, yeah. One scene that's even more powerfully described to me, at least it's stuck out for me, where the first time where he gets hit by his father, like, mm. you know, pants down, strap, and then really like being whipped to pieces and then he has to come down for dinner and he goes to the dinner table and he goes um i'm not that hungry can i please go back into my room and then the father screams like oh this is the food that your mother made you're gonna eat every little piece that plate is gonna be clean like nothing nothing's gonna stay on it sit down and eat and be appreciative he sits down and he's like that food was not food it was his parents it was everything they lived for and they represented and he was swallowing swallowing it without chewing and i was like whoa this is so fucking hard like the seeing that plate you know the mushed potatoes the steak the, the you know that like whatever 50s food that uh, the average you know american family would make and then he's like seeing his parents and everything they stand for and he's just like swallowing it down hard because he cannot chew it you yeah. know i was like fuck this is yeah. this is powerfully written yeah. 